out here for a walk with Batman. Now, being in that true crime mindset lately, not true crime mindset, but just reading about that stuff again lately, I'm very fascinated by witness descriptions. And as I talk about on here a lot, one of those things that's just so wild to me is different people's different ability to see resemblances between people or even how they perceive the way somebody looks. Because it's pretty well known that witness descriptions are unreliable. But they're often all we have. So there's value to them. And sometimes they're eerily accurate. Other times they're really completely off base. But if that's all you're going off of, it can be... <laughs> A detriment to the case because people are because once a witness description comes out even if it's just a a written description and not a sketch you know that can completely color the investigation that's who law enforcement's looking for that's who the public is looking for and not just that they're looking for that they will sometimes exclude people who don't fit that description perfectly And my new neighbor came over and introduced himself. He's been around for about a month and a half, but you know, I'm, a, I'm a nice neighbor, but I'm not the kind of person who, when someone's new or they're around, all of a sudden I don't go over there necessarily and be like, hey, I'm, my name's Eric, how you doing? You know, I, you just moved in. You know, I, I don't go approach them necessarily, but it was really nice. He came over and said hello. And I was expecting somebody else to come by and when I opened the door, it took me a second. I was like, oh, there's a random dude here. And then within a couple of seconds, I was like, oh, that's the guy next door. But he didn't look the way I thought he looked. I've seen him a bunch. He's been out working on his house. He's been, I've seen him coming and going. I had a loose idea of what he looked like. But reading about these true crime investigations lately, <laughs> I kind of, I took that. I, I had that in mind after I met him where I was like, you know what? It's funny. The only thing that I would have gotten right was light complexion. And I think I would have, like, if somebody were to ask me, let me backtrack here. Before I met the guy last night, if somebody were to have asked me what he looked like, if I had to give a witness description based on seeing him, you know, 15 feet away for the past month and a half. And keep in mind, this is a person that. I've seen every couple days for the past month and a half. It's not like a person I saw once. But if, if I had to give a witness description, I think I would have gotten his hair pretty accurate. The hair color and the style. I would have been able to say that he had glasses and a light complexion. But other than that, like when I'm meeting him face to face just a couple feet away, I realized like I didn't actually know what he looked like at all. And I probably would have given a very different description of him if I hadn't met him. And my description of him would have been like, yeah, you know, kind of, you know, dark brown hair. It's hard to describe a haircut, but I would have described his haircut pretty accurately, glasses. But I would have said he's like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, 170 pounds. I would have said that he had very thin facial features. And then meeting him face to face, much taller, more weight on him. 
he looked like he's probably half Asian. Like he had that kind of Sean Lennon sort of look as far as facial features go. You know, as far as eyes go. Had that sort of look where it's like, you know, at a distance you wouldn't necessarily know. But looking at him, you're like, oh yeah, this guy's probably half Japanese or part Japanese. But not, you wouldn't notice that at a glance. Features aren't necessarily thin or sharp. And I would have given a complete, like if I had to do a sketch myself, I would have drawn him completely differently. I would have had a completely different idea. And that, that's funny to me. Because that just tells me, even seeing somebody next door for the last month and a half gave me a completely different impression than meeting him face to face. And that's something to keep in mind with witness descriptions or, or just any time somebody describes somebody. Because you think too about when you see people out and about, and it's not like you study them, it's not like you stare at them. And if you do do that, if you do have a reason to do that, you're not necessarily doing it to catalog them, to catalog every detail. And it really does take meeting somebody face to face to actually know what they look like. And so when you hear these stories about a witness at a crime scene, they saw a guy, they may have barely looked at him. They likely didn't talk to them. And they may have seen them only once. And then you throw in the fact that people have different levels of attention to detail. And some people are very unreliable, to say the least, when it comes to actually taking in what somebody looks like. I mean, I don't trust people when they say that somebody looks like a celebrity. I feel like 90% of the time, when somebody says like, oh, he looks just like Robert Pattinson. The person looks nothing like Robert Pattinson. And I do trust my judgment with that. You know, I do trust my own judgment when it comes to resemblances between people. And it always blows my mind when people see some sort of correlation. And with the true crime stuff, like when you look at online sleuths, you know, I'm obviously thinking about this lately, but when you look at the sort of things online sleuths say, they'll find somebody who's either a suspect or a person of interest or just some random person that they've, through their own late night hours pouring over a case they found some guy from that town who they think could be him and they'll be like he looks just like the witness description he looks just like the the police sketch and they become convinced that it's them and people will make there's there's online videos there's youtube videos where and you know just images people make where they'll take a, a person of interest or a suspect and they'll put them side by side with a police sketch. And they're like, look, the, the resemblance is just uncanny. But in their mind, the police sketch is accurate to begin with. In their mind, they're thinking like, oh my God, this looks just like him. But meanwhile, you have no idea if the police sketch is accurate, if it's even the right person. And then I look at it and I'm like, and then on top of that, the guy doesn't even look like the police sketch. Not even remotely, you know, so you, you just end up thinking like, huh, like, this is why, <laughs> this is why democracy fails, you know, this is why 
uh, you know, it's a good thing juries are large and not just one person because you can't trust that. You, know, you can't trust somebody's ability to see a resemblance between people or to accurately... I don't know, I wonder, you know, I, I wish that there may be studies or something out there about this, but I do wonder if that's been measured in some way, like why some people just don't see faces the same way, why some people are a better judge of them than others, and anytime somebody does mention a resemblance and it's accurate, I immediately trust them more. <laughs> Like, if I have a friend and they're like, oh, look at this guy. He looks just like our friend so-and-so. I'm always happy because I'm like, oh, yeah, you, you actually see things the way they are. You know, with the original Night Stalker case, there were tons of police sketches for that before he was caught. And during his more intense phase, all, almost all the police sketches, or a lot of them, the most significant ones that everyone paid attention to, showed a like a 20-something surfer guy and age is another weird thing i mean age is a bigger variable i mean speaking about my neighbor if you were to have asked me his age two days ago i would have said he's probably he's probably in his mid 40s i'd say he's between like 40 and 55 but meeting him yesterday like talking to him face to face i was like he could be I doubt he's older than 40. I would have guessed that he's about my age, like mid-30s. But he could be anywhere from like 30 to 45, really. Realistically, he could be anywhere from 30 to 45. Maybe younger, maybe older. It was really difficult. And I mean, that's a 20-year age gap based on my perception. And doesn't, you know, doesn't dress in a way that... You would expect a young person to dress, but doesn't dress like an old person. You know, so there's so much flexibility with that, with your perception and your biases. And that comes from experience, too, where it's like if you've known a certain person who looks like that person or what you think they look like at first glance, you have a tendency to associate that with anybody else you meet who resembles that person. It's why people, if they meet somebody who looks like somebody they don't like, their first impulse is to not like that person too. Oh my god, he looks just like Derek. Dude, I met, oh dude, this new co-worker, he looks just like my enemy, Derek. It's silly, but it's true. People do that. I mean, I do that. You have to not do it. You have to try to not do that. But uh, with the, the original Night Stalker, yeah, I think almost all the police sketches that had come out that were popular, that people thought were probably him, depicted a guy who appeared to be in his 20s or maybe early 30s and had a blonde surfer sort of haircut. The sort of haircut all the guys had in the late 70s and early 80s. You know, kind of a little bit shaggy, kind of a surfer haircut. It's also the haircut that just every guy who drove a... A convertible muscle car had just it was a popular haircut at the time it, they depicted a guy who looked like that and because the the killer the attacker always wore a ski mask few if anybody actually saw him committing a crime with his real face so these were just guys that had been seen in the area 
But enough witnesses had seen a guy with blonde kind of surfer hair, looked like he was in his 20s, that I and many other people were like, oh, that's probably him. And there was speculation for years that the original Night Stalker's crimes were connected to this basically a, a burglar ransacker in another California town that had stopped when he started his crimes in another city. There were a lot of similarities, but one of the big differences and one of the reason people one of the reasons people didn't think it was the same guy was because police themselves when they were staking out like he had he had, had an interaction when he was the ransacker he had an interaction with a detective who was staking out a crime scene and he showed up there and the detective gave a description of him and he didn't look anything like a surfer guy he looked like a, a big round-faced guy with hair parted on the side and combed over chubby and because that police sketch was so different than the ones that showed up later during the escalate the during the escalating attacks in a different city people were like oh it can't be the same guy those police sketches look nothing alike and that biased people they were like oh this police sketch can't be the same guy well it came out the original night stalker was caught a few years ago joseph d'angelo and he looked almost exactly like the ransacker sketch the one provided by the detective he looked nothing like the blonde surfer dude whose police sketch shows up multiple times later. There's no way that could be him. The shape of his face, the age, the hair, the features, the only commonality he had with the surfer police sketch, sketches, because it was multiple sketches, which reinforced people's bias that that's what he looked like. But the only thing he had in common with those sketches was that he was a white male. The age, nothing matched. Nothing ended up matching. And those sketches are so imprinted in people's brains that I, I'll, I'll see people online still trying to reconcile those sketches. Even though it's clearly not him, there are still people, like, even if he wore a wig, he wouldn't look like this guy. But people are still trying to reconcile it because they they formed an idea in their mind that that must be him, you know. But he does look exactly like the ransacker. You know, that's one of the best police sketches I've ever seen, actually, after him having been caught. Like, people have found photos of him from that period, and he looked exactly like it. You know, obviously not perfect, but close enough to where if you knew that guy and you saw that police sketch, you'd be like, oh, that's him. But uh, that, that makes more sense, too, when you think about it. Like, that came from a, de a detective who saw him. And a detective, his job is to notice detail. His job is to pay attention to that. Like, when that detective was staking out the crime scene, even though it was at night, he was paying attention to the shape of his face. He was paying attention to his features, to his hairstyle, to his build. Whereas the average person, even if they try to do that, they're not going to be as good at it as this detective. So it makes sense that the most accurate witness description 
came from a detective who saw him face to face. But it's a good lesson, too, because these other police sketches, I don't think you can say they were a detriment to the investigation. When you don't have anything, you obviously have to use what you have. And it is very interesting that multiple people had seen kind of a suspicious surfer-looking guy, a young surfer-looking guy. So what else are they, you know, they didn't have a suspect, so... It's not just one sketch, but it's multiple guys who just happened to be in that area. But to be fair, there were a lot of people who looked like that at the time. In the late 70s, there were a lot of guys who had that sort of muscle car surfer dude look. I mean, if you look through a high school yearbook from 1979 or 1980, every single guy looks like that. So it's not that that was a unique look. It was something that people just looked like at that time. I mean, if it had been during the time I was growing up and people simply provided police sketches about people they had seen in the area, half of them probably would have had that haircut that Carson Daly had where like the, the top is gelled forward and the front is kind of flipped up or spiked. Because that was the haircut that most guys had for a while. A lot of guys had bleached hair, too, when I was growing up. A lot of teenage boys had bleached hair with that Carson Daly. I just call it the Carson Daly because he was the most famous guy with it. So you probably would have had, you know, a number of police sketches at that time of a guy with that haircut if you were just reporting a guy you had seen in the area. The same goes for fashion. But fashion really does bias people. Like, talking about my neighbor, who doesn't dress in a way that you associate with a particular age. And I was talking to somebody about that because a friend of mine's also checked out the Delphi murders, the -the down-the-hill guy, the suspect who was videotaped by his murder victims from her cell phone right before he attacked them. And your first impression is that he's... Probably in his 50s. His style of dress, his demeanor, his gait, all that seems like a guy who's probably in his 50s. And his voice, you know, to be fair, the recording of his voice sounds like a man who's older. He has kind of a slightly gravelly older man's voice. It's not a voice that, it doesn't sound like a young guy trying to sound husky, because I can pick that up right away. Like, if a young guy is trying to sound like he has a deeper voice to sound intimidating, I can pick up on that instantly. He does not sound like that. He sounds like a guy who's at least in his mid-40s. And it's sort of a, a naturally gravelly voice. It's just not a voice you hear on young men. So that made me think that he's older. But he also appears that way, like his style of dress... But I've seen where people who have analyzed the case are like, yeah, but only an older guy would wear those clothes. Only an older guy in Indiana would wear those baggy jeans and just that generic windbreaker where his clothes have greatly biased people. Like, I agree his voice sounds older, but just looking at the visual of him, it's funny to me that people are like, well, his clothes indicate that he's older. And it's like, 
how do you even know those are his clothes? And if you were going to commit a crime in a public place like this guy did, would you wear the exact style of dress that you wear all the time? You know, you dress differently even for a job interview. Of course you're going to dress differently if you're committing a crime, if you're killing somebody. <laughs> you know, it's like you you dress based on the action you're going to undertake, and then you throw in the fact that somebody who's committing a murder has serious incentive to not look like the person they are. And if they're not wearing some sort of ninja garb, like some of these guys do, like wearing ski masks and dark clothing and camo or black clothes, whatever it is, they're probably going to wear something that's kind of different than what they normally wear, unless it's totally impulsive. And this case, it does not seem totally impulsive. No matter what the working theory is, it was definitely somebody... I, I shouldn't say definitely, but it certainly seems like somebody who was, who went out that day with the intention of killing somebody in a pathological way. And they may have even targeted these girls or one of these girls. There's a reason to think that. So with that in mind, they certainly chose their clothing deliberately. They chose their clothing deliberately. Well, you know, you look at this guy's clothes in the video, and everything he's wearing you could get for five bucks at a thrift store. You could get it in a free pile. And what are you going to find at thrift stores? You're going to find a lot of stuff that older men wear or have worn. It's like if you look at the jacket section of a thrift store, it's a lot of old man jackets. It's a lot of really generic clothing that people don't want anymore. So if you were trying to come up with a, not even a, a disguise, but just clothing that wouldn't connect you to who you are in your day-to-day -day life, you know, you're going to dress this way. It's ultra generic, but it just shows you that people associate those clothes. Like those people are the perfect marks. Like those people are total marks because that's the exact impression that somebody who, who would commit that crime would want somebody to have. They would want somebody to just take a superficial look at what they were wearing and say, oh, he must have been old because that's how an older guy dress, dresses. It's funny in that way. It's like that's exactly what he would want you to think. That he can't possibly be a younger guy because, hey, those aren't young man's clothes. But yet the reality is, too, they're not even right about that. They're just generic clothes. You know, it's not a tap-out shirt. It's not, uh, he's not wearing Nike. He's not wearing hip, metrosexual clothes. But there isn't anything about his clothes that actually tell you his age at all. They're clothes that anybody could wear. I agree they... He looks like an older guy, and his clothes fit that. But you have no actual reason for thinking that. But you get into that way of thinking, and that's what you see. And when I see people's takes, I'm just like, there's a reason why these people aren't detectives. There's a reason why these people aren't investigators. I'm not either. I can't claim to know what they know or see what they see. 
But I can tell you it's a good thing certain people aren't in that field. Because they really close the box down to this small square. And their biases control everything they see. And even personal or... Um, not personal, but I guess that works. You know, even more specific details like facial features, people see completely different things. And then people come up with the wildest theories as well. I mean, based on this two-second video of the killer walking down a, a footbridge from a significant distance, not, you know, maybe like 60 feet. I think they've estimated he's about 60 feet from the girls, which is closer than you think. You know, 60 feet is obviously a lot closer than I assume. Like when you actually see images of how close he was, he was close to them, but he was still 60 feet away. His face is completely pixelated and blurred. You can't see any of his features. And when that happens, you know, you, you see things that aren't there and you don't see things that are there. And being interested in the mob, you know, that's something that I'm very aware of with that, where sometimes I'll see a photo, a surveillance photo, or just some kind of photograph of a mafia figure. And in the, the first copy I'll see is low quality. And I'll, I'll be like, oh, that's, that's not that guy. You know, that, that guy in the photo, you know, he's not that guy. And then, Patty, uh, stay here. Stay here, buddy. And then uh, I'll see a higher quality version of the same exact photo. I'll see a higher quality version where you can see more detail. And I'm like, oh, wow, that, it, he looks completely different. And it's probably from the same feet away. You know, it's probably from a similar distance as this Delphi killer. But the difference in, in having just a, a slightly higher resolution can make you see that person's features completely differently. It, make, it can make you see little details completely differently. So that's the amazing thing just about... And, and, and too, it's, it's one of those things where the smallest difference can completely change what someone's face looks like to you. Like, people have done experiments where they'll change somebody's eye color. They'll take a picture of somebody, a celebrity or somebody. Like, I saw one where they took a woman. She's an actress. And she's known for her really big, icy blue eyes. Really big, icy blue eyes. And they changed her eye color to brown. Like, she has dark hair and big, icy blue eyes. And they just changed her eye color to brown. And she looks like a completely different person. It's the exact same photo. All they, they did is change her eye color. And she truly looks like a completely different person with brown eyes versus blue eyes. Like you even see her facial features differently. Like when you see her normally with her blue eyes, like I said, she has very dark hair, which is a unique combo. I don't know if it's her natural color, but she has very dark hair and very blue eyes, which is a unique combo. And, but she's, she's distinctly white. Like, you would look at her and you would never question whether she's white. But when I was looking at the photo of her with brown eyes, I was like, you know, this makes her a little more racially ambiguous. 
like you, you almost start to think like well is she completely white you know because you just start to see her entire facial composition a little bit differently and you have no reason to you know it doesn't change the features it doesn't change the face shape it's an identical photo of the same person with the same facial expression but something that minor can completely change your view of them i find that interesting i find that fascinating how one small detail and i mean I, you know eye color isn't a small detail but we wouldn't think that just changing someone's eye color would completely change your perception of them but it does and so looking at a low resolution photo where you can't really make out somebody's defined features you know hey batty stay here where you can't completely make out somebody's stay with me buddy hey there stay with me come on Um, you, uh, you know, just a slightly higher resolution. You can see that the nose might be shaped differently. What you thought was an open mouth could be a shadow. What you thought was, you know, a mustache might be their mouth. Because this video of the killer, like, he, you know, it's that ambiguous. You can't even tell his age. And what's interesting, too, is... There's question as to whether what's on top of his head is a hat. It does, in the, in the opening, because it's like a two-second long clip, and in the first number of frames, it looks like a brown hat. It's hard to tell exactly what kind of hat, but it does look like a hat on his head in some way. But if you look at the last frames, it almost looks like it's kind of it's brown hair with bangs that kind of go over his forehead. And just that little difference completely changes his age. Because in the frames where he's wearing the hat, where it looks like he's wearing the hat, you would think like, oh, this is a 50 to 60 year old man. But in the frames where it looks like hair, and I don't know which it is. I'm totally, like after looking at it a bunch of times, I was like, I don't know what I'm seeing. I, I can't assume either way. But the frames where it looks like hair, you're like, you look at it and you're like, okay, if that's hair, this, this looks like a 20 to 35 year old man. So just ambiguity over whether he's wearing a hat versus hair and the way the shadow shifts on his face can change you from thinking the guy is, I mean, potentially 40 years older than he actually is. That's pretty wild. 40 years we think you know that's that's not 10 years that is you know the the way somebody's physical makeup changes from 20 to, to 60 you know <laughs> that's significant that's not 35 to 50 you know because you know we all meet people where we think they're 35 and we find out they're 50 or you meet somebody who's 50 and you find out they're 35, there are, you know, there, there is, that, that is a period where somebody can kind of go one way or the other, but like 20 to 50 or 60 is a huge gap in how somebody's looks change. And I think the, the official, for, for years, the official police description said he could be anywhere from 18 to 60. 
And based on the video, that seems accurate. I don't think I could state with any confidence that this guy is 20 versus 60. What is a pretty big indicator to me is that he his voice has this certain grit to it that only older men's voices have. And if I were to get if I were to hear voices that sound like that, like a selection of voices that sound like that, I bet that I would get it right 90% of the time that it's an older man. There's just certain voices that some people below a certain age don't have. Doesn't mean it's 100% of the time. There are exceptions. But it doesn't sound like a young man faking an older man's gritty, husky voice. It sounds to me like an older man. But visuals, you know, visuals are, are very misleading. And they're often all we have. And it was just funny to me being in this mindset of like analyzing your perception of somebody, taking into account how other people might describe somebody at a glance, and actually meeting my neighbor face to face and talking to him. I had a completely different idea of what he looked like. Not you know, and not in some fundamental way where he uh, was was the opposite of what I thought or anything, but it's just. He was heavier, taller, potentially had some sort of mixed race background, younger. And those all would be important factors. And if I were to just describe him the way I thought he looked as of two days ago, I don't think that would be an accurate description. And that's somebody who I've seen working on his house next door to me, who I've been 10, 15 feet away from at times. So if you can't trust my description of that guy based on that, I don't know how you can trust anybody's description. And we're lucky if somebody's description of somebody is accurate can, you know, when you consider all of the variables involved. Children can run free.